Hello everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and after two fantastic months, nine wild, mesmerizing episodes, the first MCU Disney Plus series, the first MCU Phase 4 project, WandaVision has finally come to an end. And so today, I will be sharing with you my thoughts on the show as a whole and review each episode as well. I hope you enjoy and let's begin! Okay everyone, before I begin, I wanted to remind you that I will be going heavily into spoilers as the title of this episode suggests. So if you haven't watched the show or the final episode, please don't listen to this right now. Go and watch it and then please come listen to this. Uh, okay, this is your only warning, my friends. Also, just so you know, I'll be dividing this episode into three parts. First, I'll do an overall review of the series, the entire season. Uh, what I thought about it, what, what I thought they did well, not so well, without many spoilers. And then I'll do a more intricate, thorough review of each episode, walk through every single one and comment on its themes, easter eggs, WTF moments and aesthetic, etc. And finally, I'll wrap it up with some more closing thoughts and talk about where the MCU will go from here since this show connects directly to Doctor Strange 2 and a bit more indirectly to at least two other projects. Plus, if you are interested, I'll be releasing tomorrow a bonus episode ranking all nine episodes from WandaVision from the worst to the best based solely on my opinion. And that's going to be a much shorter episode, by the way. And uh, there are some construction going out, going around outside my house, and I hope they don't make a lot of noise. But if you hear something, I'm sorry. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it. But yeah, okay, let us start. One division is unlike any previous MCU project. Just for that, it wins a gold star for me. What Marvel, Feige and all the crew were able to devise here is really something special, something different, unique and undoubtedly awesome. <laughs> the, the acting from Paul Bettany and especially Elizabeth Olsen is phenomenal and quite funny while we're in the sitcom scenarios, but it's in those more serious, dramatic, tragic moments, that's when Olsen and Bettany really shine. Of course, this, this show is there to, in part, highlight their characters and their talent, and I'm really get glad to, to say that, in that regard, they didn't disappoint. While some people felt bored by the sitcom element of WandaVision, especially during the first three episodes, I honestly loved it. Because I appreciate the risk they took, seeing Wanda and Vision in this alien situation is very fun and, like I said, unlike anything I've seen before, therefore I like it. Because sticking to form is boring and repeating the formula is kind of cheap. So this series is both rich in content and interesting in plot due to that creative choice. Also, 
I I wouldn't mind seeing Olsen and Bethany do an actual full sitcom as Wanda and Vision, uh, because it was just so charming, hilarious, and entertaining. Of course, that is just my personal dream. And um, as we reached the final three episodes, I was kind of scared that they were going to rush some storylines, but um, overall, they did a fantastic job of tying everything together quite well and still having a very emotional finale for both main characters. There were lots of scenes where I shed a tear and some of it was due to the, the script, the lines themselves, and some of it was simply because of how great of an actor Olsen is, how great of an actor Bethany is, and it was really quite powerful when for example, they would reflect on their lives, uh, their past, their tragedies, trying to cope with their reality. And I really loved this show, and it quickly rose to one of my, to be one of my favorite MCU projects, movies, and TV shows. If I had to rate WandaVision, I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. But this one, much like Endgame, is another love letter to the fans of both comics and the cinematic universe. If you haven't followed the MCU, you won't understand some of the nuances they left in there, some of the, the plot points, some of the references, of course. But also, if you have followed the MCU and you prefer full-blown action from your superhero movies and shows, you, you might be a bit disappointed as well. Since, in my opinion, this is more of a more of a character study of Wanda on Wanda Vision or oh, on Wanda Maximoff, sorry, with action on the side, and thankfully for me, that is my favorite type of superhero content. So I honestly didn't mind. In fact, I adored it. So yeah, let us go now to our episode walkthrough section. Here, I will quickly summarize the episode. In question, I talk. I talk about the. Um, I'll talk about the the themes and references it makes, and the best moments, and say what I loved most from each. So let's start with episode one, called "Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience," because it was. Uh, Wanda Vision ever. Wanda, Wanda and Vision. My God, have arrived at Westview, New Jersey, and they are trying to fit in in the roles of helping wife and hard-working husband by preparing a delightful dinner slash breakfast to Vision's boss and his wife. The setting of the, of the episode is the 1950s. The sitcoms it is inspired by are The Dick Van Dyke Show and a bit of I Love Lucy. And this is the first episode in black and white. The comedy is quite goofy and cute, a clear homage to the shows of that of the 50s. And both of our main actors do a great job at transitioning from full-blown superhero blockbusters to this smaller scale, smaller screen, superficially inconsequential comedic stories. It's really something to see, and it's very well made indeed. Um, and besides the smaller roles of Mr. and Mrs. Hart as the dinner guests, we have Catherine Han introduced as the nosy neighbor Agnes. Clearly with a hidden agenda of her own, but on the whole, just being the, the comic 
relief character. The only great Easter egg present in this episode is um, a wine bottle labeled Maison du Mépris, which translates to House of Contempt, but if we don't translate the Mépris, then it's House of M. A very important Scarlet Witch comic storyline that you might have heard of. Just a fun little reference that blew every fan's minds if they, if they noticed it. And this episode is also the first of six where we have an advert in the middle of it. This week's uh, advert is for a Stark Industries toaster with the slogan being Forget the past, this is your future. And with the first color invasion, with a beeping sound on the toaster being accompanied by a red blinking dot. And red, red, red. <laughs> Similar to the Stark missile inside Wanda's family house in Sokovia that haunted her and her brother Pietro for years. And for me, the, the, the best bits of this episode were the dinner scene, when Mr. Hart chokes on some food and Wanda and Vision tune out of this reality they're in and act as though they are back in the normal MCU reality to save the man. It is quite frightening and awesome as well. And the other moment happened at the end when we see someone watching this episode of WandaVision while we watch them, making us believe that the next episode would show us some more of this reality intervention moments. So let's go to episode two, Don't Touch That Dial. Inspired by the 60s shows Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, Again, still in black and white, with color creeping in right at the end. And this one was much more interesting, I would say, at least for me. It introduced Teona Paris as Geraldine. Mm -hmm. And we had more reality meddling events with a small red helicopter toy from S.W.O.R.D., more on that later, the strange beekeeper at the end, and the radio message directly to Wanda. The overall theme of this episode is for the children. That's what's shouted by many um, Westview residents uh, throughout the episode, which sounds as well like very cult-like, especially because there are no children around in Westview. And the initial premise of the story is about Wanda fitting in with the women and Vision fitting in with the men. And it converges with our super couple doing a magic show with, uh, with a little too much magic. And the editing on this on this episode is just sublime and fun. Classic stuff from that de decade in TV history. The ad for this week is for a, a Strucker watch with the slogan, He'll make time for you, which alludes to Wanda's time at Hydra as a volunteer, and more on that later as well. And there are some... Ooh, some shocking references to the devils just sprinkled throughout the episode, which ends with Wanda getting magically pregnant and the image turning to color out of nowhere, like I said. Meaning that episode three would probably be about Wanda's pregnancy, which it was. Called Now in Color, episode three is all about pregnant Wanda rapidly getting closer to giving birth and Vision just freaking out. We're in, the, we're in the 70s now, and sitcoms like The Brady Bunch and The Mary Tyler Moore Show 
inspired some of the comedy and setting choices of this episode. Wanda is losing some of her apparent control on Westview, on her sitcom shenanigans. And Vision seems to be figuring out that something strange is happening. The ad for this week is for a Hydra soap with a slogan, Find the Goddess Within, again, alluding to Wanda's time as a volunteer for the evil, evil organization. And it is Geraldine who helps this goddess to give birth to Tommy and Billy, twins just like her and Pietro, whom she mentions in a devastating moment to Geraldine, who speaks about Ultron. And this scene just gave me chills. Just reality is completely broken right here and now. And after some passages about no one being able to leave Westview out of their own desire, and we see Geraldine being thrown out of Wanda's house through a weird red energy field and into what we assume to be the real world, the real reality, um, which we would find, we which we which we we would definitely explore more of in the episode four, the next one. We kind of have this idea that maybe Wanda is not the hero of the story, or at least that is what it's being hinted at. And this, whew, these last few minutes were just, oh, like I said, mind blowing. Mentioning Ultron, Pietro. Oh my God, the second Avengers movie, oh my God, it was really, really wild. And then episode four arrived. And this one, oh, just one of my favorites, appropriately titled, We Interrupt This Program. <laughs> uh, it shows us what is really happening in the normal MCU as we go back a few weeks to a few weeks uh, back to see what was up with Geraldine who is really Monica Rambeau, the little girl slash goddaughter of Captain Marvel. And the episode begins with her being blipped back to reality after the Hulk snapped his fingers uh, at, the, at, the, at the end of Endgame. And she comes back to a hospital, sitting on a chair next to an empty hospital bed. Everyone in the hospital is freaking out. And we find out that her mother, Captain Maria Rambeau, was staying there five years ago due to cancer. And that three years ago, the cancer came back and she passed away. And just like that, tears flowing through my face. Just wow, what a brutal intro for an episode. I wasn't really expecting that at all. Um, the I wasn't expecting this show to go back to that endgame moment and to see the um, to see the the reality of the blip in a normal situation. If you know what I mean, it was really something brutal. Yeah, uh, like it's so sad. Poor Monica, um, and and she finds herself back then at Sword, the sentient weapon observation response division which was founded by her mother, again, so cool. And now its director is Tyler A. Ward, who seems like a not so great guy, like there's something fishy about him. 
and he tells Monica about a missing persons case in Westview, New Jersey. And she goes to investigate, finds Jamie Wu, last seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And as she tries to understand what's, what's going on in that town, she is pulled into the invisible Westview, Wanda's Westview. Jimmy Woo and Sword then build a perimeter around the, the city, and they bring Darcy Lewis, last seen in the Thor The Dark World, to help out with the scientific stuff. We have lots of fun little references to things that have happened, things that could happen, exciting things at, at that, and things we will probably see by the end of the season. One of the things I enjoyed the most about this episode is how Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy question about what is going on when, uh, when they find out about Wanda's broadcast. Because we, as the audience, are making the exact same questions and doing the same observations. So it's quite fun to see uh, a character make a remark that you do as well, as you think or say it. Um, and uh, yeah, that was really fun. And a lot happens in this episode, in this one uh, in, this, in this episode, like situating ourselves in the story of present day, like post endgame MCU. And just what is going on with Wanda is a lot, a lot um, was um, taken forward in this episode. Like a lot was explained. Um, so this one was most likely the one that got people that found it boring up until now that got them hooked and like more interested in what was uh, happening, what was going to happen in the next few episodes. And, yeah, there's a lot of confusion that was dissipated for sure. And then we reach episode 5, titled On a Very Special Episode. And it is quite a simple uh, premise. Wanda and Vision are trying to be parents, learning how to be parents. Uh, even though there are much more exciting, interesting things happening on the background of this premise. Um... That's just the main plot uh, line of the, for those two characters. And the setting is now the 80s. Shows like Family Ties and Full House are clear inspirations. And the overall themes of, of the episode are control and grief. Heavily linked to Wanda's troubled past and her present actions. As well as this week's ad. For when you make a mess you didn't mean to is the slogan for the Lagos paper towel, referencing the incident at the start of Captain America Civil War. This was another poof, this was another crazy episode. Vision realizing realizes something is definitely going on. After using his powers to unblock his colleague Norm's uh, suppressed personality, his mind, and Wanda leaves the X, which is the name for Westview ideal reality, like the perimeter. And confronts Sword and Monica, who seems to be changing biologically after going through the energy field twice. Hinting at her, at Monica's transformation into Photon, just like in, or Spectrum, just like in the comics. And of course, we have that mind-blowing finale. Pietro Maximoff shows up at Wanda's door, but it is not 
Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is playing him. It's Evan Bloody Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movie franchise. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. Wow, 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 wow. Just, wow. Plus, the twins in this episode grow up insanely fast. They, grow, they go from babies to five-year-olds and then to ten-year-olds as they wish, just like that. Alluding to Wanda's lack of control with them. And there is even one scene at the end where, uh, before the Pietro surprise, where Wanda has a moment to reflect about what she is doing. And she is a bit hypocritical about it, but only because, because uh, she is in immense mo emotional pain. And so the next episode would focus on this new Pietro, and we would probably find more about this mysterious aerospace engineer that Monica uh, mentions at the start of the episode, like theories started spreading <laughs> around who this mis uh, mystery character could be. I had a theory, I had like three different theories actually. Um, and plus, Vision is much more active in his pursuit of the truth. So then, episode six arrives, it is called All New Halloween Spooktacular, and my god, what a great, wildly entertaining episode. Evan Peters is so good in this. Having him on, interacting with MCU Wanda and Vision is purely a fandom dream come true. <laughs> we move to the 90s, and Malcolm in the Middle is the obvious influence here. I mean, to the point... And the premise is, again, quite simple on the surface. The twins spend Halloween with their uncle Pietro, who is sort of a man-child, not a great role model for young Billy and Tommy. But the great thing about Pietro being back is so is his super speed that looks as smooth as ever. Wow, I missed, I missed that. I miss his, his power. I think it was so cool and so... Technically well done in Age of Ultron when it was Aaron Taylor Johnson being uh, the, the the enhanced individual and not Evan Peters, but still like it looks so good and I love it. And the central theme of this episode is memory. Why can't Wanda remember the stories Pietro tells? Why can't Vision remember a life before Westview? All that intrigues our main protagonists to take action. Wanda tries testing Pietro and Vision walks towards the edge of town where he finds some people glitching, stuck in, pay in place, in, in pain. But let's dial back because there are lots, <laughs> lots of references and WTF moments. First, the obvious part is the comic book accurate costumes for the Halloween celebration. <laughs> Just awesome, awesome and awesome. Homemade, but still it, look, it looks really cool that they made that. Um, there are more references to the demon and to nightmares, to kick-ass, which I found quite funny and meta, to the missing accent of Wanda's, and to the fact that in this episode we finally see more kids. The explanation for the absence being Wanda didn't want them to endure more trauma, living this fake life, so they were probably just stuck at home. That's at least what I picked up from it. And the ad for this week is for 
Yo Magic Yogurt, with the slogan, The Snack for Survivors, clearly referencing Wanda's recent major actions. And, and yeah, one of the coolest things of this episode was also seeing Billy and Tommy develop powers, uh, for sure. But come on, the most insane jaw-dropping, heart-racing, mind-blowing moment happened right at the end when Vision attempts to break out of the hex and as he sees sword agents on the outside ready for actions, he just starts coming apart. So Wanda, in the, in the most badass move ever, expands the freaking hex bringing a decaying vision into it, as well as Darcy and many sword personnel, but not director Tyler Hayward, Monica, or Jimmy Woo, who they have escaped, they're fine. And that was just, that was one of the biggest MCU cliffhangers of all time. Right up there with Infinity War and Far From Home, in my opinion. So then, we go to episode seven, Breaking the Fourth Wall, it is called with just obviously tight uh, characters talking directly into the camera, just like in Modern Family and The Office, both sitcoms from the 2000s. And in this one, Wanda just wishes to take some time off from doing her magic after the effort she pulled to expand the X. However, she is now losing control of her surroundings. Uh, that glitch uh, often happens, the, 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 like jumping through the decades, colorizing or not, it, it is really out of control. So yes, the theme of this one is complete chaos. This week's ad was, in my opinion, the most interesting one, as it presented Nexus Medicine to help someone find peace of mind or their own perfect little reality because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? And if you don't know, in the comics, the Nexus is like a gateway between realities, like a bridge across the multiverse. So very interesting and important indeed, it seemed. And Vision, now safe and sound back inside the Hex, teams up with Darcy and they go on sort of a a road trip back to uh, Wanda, who is at home resting. Darcy explains to Vision that he was uh, what he was, he, what had happened to him. He, she mentioned Jarvis, Ultron, and Thanos, which is really cool. And meanwhile, Wanda leaves the kids with Agnes, so she could be more relaxed. And Monica, on the other side of the of the hex meets up with Major Goodner, who doesn't seem to be any major <laughs> Marvel character, and decides to enter the X once more. Although turbulent at first, Monica forces herself into Wanda's reality, and her already changing DNA is once again transformed and she gets some new powers probably as a setup for her super role, like I said before, as Photon or Spectrum. Monica confronts Wanda, who doesn't wish to hear anything she has to say, 
And so Agnes takes Wanda into her home. And there we find out that Agnes is actually the witch, Agatha Harkness, who's been meddling and messing with Wanda from the start. And we get that great, hilarious song, Agatha All Along, that rhymed, to finish the episode. Um, but for the first time in the show, we have one post-credit scene with Pietro discovering Monica snooping around Agatha's place. Now, I have to say something. Um, most fans already predicted, like, even before the show started, that Catherine Han was actually playing Agatha Harkness and not Agnes. So that wasn't really a surprise to the fans, the actual fans of the of Marvel, the of Marvel Comics. Um, and it was hinted in this episode that this Pietro, Evan Peters Pietro, wasn't actually any multiverse connection to the X-Men franchise. We, we will find out more about that in a second as we reach the end, but yeah, kind of disappointed a bit in this episode. So let's see what happens as we go into the next two. Episode eight, titled Previously On, is a sort of flashback sequence, uh, an episode, um, a character exposition episode, but in a good way, um, as we relive Wanda's past trauma and what led her to create this new reality. All this under Agatha's duress, who also gets a short, a short um, introductory origin story with a flashback to the late 17th century in Salem, Massachusetts, where she was being trialed for being a witch by other witches, including her own mom, and they have a magical brawl with Agatha Victorious by the end. It, it, it was a fun little scene, but I wish we could have gotten a bit more um, from Agatha's story. But despite that initial scene, this whole episode is about Wanda. We meet her as a child in Sokovia on the night she lost her parents. We see her as a volunteer for Hydra. We see her inside the Avengers, Avengers compound, talking to a younger, more naive vision and then we see her right after endgame and we see what ha what really happened at the sword facility and this whole episode it, it, it was very emotional elizabeth olsen does a fantastic job really powerful stuff we get an explanation for the sitcom choices we get a callback for a really damn sad line from infinity war and of course for the for the first time the best thing ever, Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow, 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 wow. When Agatha called her the Scarlet Witch, I freaked out. I loved it so much. <laughs> it was really the best thing ever. Uh, it was just insane. Uh, and I could not wait for episode 9, because that's how it ends, with, with, a, with a name drop, boom! And, and one of the reasons I could not wait was because another freaky post credit scene uh, exists in this episode, when we have, we see a, a white vision, the, uh, the original vision, 
as a sword weapon. Not to mention that the fact that the vision we have been seeing for the past eight episodes was in fact just a complete creation of Wanda. My god. So we had a lot to to check out come the ninth and last episode. And yeah, this 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 one, it was really intense. I was not expecting like the kind of misled her, misled us into thinking some just into thinking some things. I'm not gonna yeah. Into for example into thinking that Wanda had stolen vision. Um that oh my god that Wanda that um Wanda and Pietro survived the Sokovian um let's say attack on their home. Uh because the the, the Stark missile was mal just malfunctioning and it maybe wasn't maybe it was wanda like agatha says she she conjured a probability x something like that and that was really like oh my god i i never thought about that like not in a million years did i one at one point in my life <laughs> when i was thinking about the mcu and i do that a lot uh, not once did i think oh maybe wanda already had powers and she and she made sure that she and Pietro would survive the explosion, like the, the missile. Just insane. Just insane. But let's continue. When episode 9, the series finale, it is called, arrived, I was ready for it and I wasn't ready for it. Wow, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. There's so much to talk about. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's begin. Pretty early on, Agatha lets Wanda and the audience know that she can take Wanda's power for herself. So anytime Wanda uses her tricks against Agatha, there is a chance that the evil witch will, will, will just grow stronger and remove some of um, Wanda's life force away. Then, White Vision, Swords Vision, arrives with the intention to destroy both Wanda and her vision, who takes on the role of protecti protective family, uh, family man and fights himself <laughs> in a spectacularly choreographed sequence, really something out of the movies. I love how like there's no like this these last two episodes seem like a full movie. Like the whole show feels like a full movie, but and it's just great to see it in like in a streaming platform and not in the big screen. It's great. Um, Billy and Tommy hide for a bit, but then they have a moment to shine later on. And Monica Rambeau, who had been imprisoned by fake Pietro, realizes that this speedster is in fact Agnes's husband, Ralph. Who is really just an actor, kind of, of of a bummer because it is Evan Peters, but okay, Marvel, fine. Mm. He was just under a spell, and after Monica breaks it, she goes outside to help out as well. There are a lot of fun, mind-blowing references in this episode. We have the crazy-looking magical book Agatha has is indeed the, the Darkhold, probably the most prominent 
mystical manual in Marvel Comics. And that was just super cool. Agatha says that the Darkhold, uh, as written on it, things about the Scarlet Witch, and one of those things is that her chaotic powers make her stronger and more dangerous than the Sorcerer Supreme himself, meaning Doctor Strange. Again, what a hoot to have that mentioned. We also have a very difficult moment for Wanda when she is confronted by the people, the real people of Westview, um, out of, of her control. And we understand once again that she has kept all of the children inside their homes to keep them safe from trauma, like Wanda wasn't, perhaps. That was just my take on it. And so to do the right thing by the people, by the Westview citizens, after Agatha mocks her by saying, heroes don't torture people, Wanda opens up the hex, like it let, like um, there's a, an opening in the hex, and, they, and Wanda lets everybody out. But as she does it, Vision, Tommy, and Billy start disintegrating, coming apart. So she reassembles the axe again and continues to fight Agatha. Meanwhile, because there was an opening for a moment in time, a Ward's team enters Westview to confront Wanda also. And so our heroes divide. Wanda faces Agatha again. Vision battles Vision again. And Monica and the twins neutralize the military agents with Monica showing off more of her new powers. And then we get a great callback and an awesome scene. The callback is Wanda using her nightmare tricks on Agatha, even though it doesn't really work that well. Um, and yeah, that is a callback to uh, Age of Ultron when she did the exact same thing to the Avengers. Honestly, when it happened, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god. What a great callback. I loved it. And the scene, the beautifully written scene, is when Vision tries to put some sense into White Vision by summoning the philosophy of the ship of Theseus, which wasn't something I was particularly aware of, but the concept of it is quite familiar and intriguing. So their little chat about who is the right, who is the true Vision, the real Vision, both are the vi the real vision. That that chat, that conversation was just one of the one of those vision moments that make him him, and I love him for that for being able to articulate in such a profound way. Ever since Age of Ultron, like Vision has been dropping these inspirational, motivational, deeply philosophical uh, speeches that I just adore. It's really. It's, it's really it's really great and so after he does that white vision realizes he's just a puppet for a word and the colorful vision resets the white vision's memories and shows him the truth and then he flies away freed that was really just coolio very cool then wanda is able to trick agatha once more by blocking her powers and unleashing her true nature as the scarlet witch with the full costume a fan freaking tastic costume by the way i love it and then she takes agatha's powers away and turns her into the nosy neighbor agnes just like she wanted to just like she was she made herself to be in episode 1 but before Agatha becomes Agnes, 
She warns Wanda of an upcoming threat that she has just released, hinting at the upcoming Doctor Strange 2's main villain, which can be Mephisto, must be Mephisto, after he wasn't this show's villain, sadly. He was also the best, really, but yeah. And, and so, the day is saved, but Westview isn't. Wanda and Vision tuck Tommy and Billy away in their beds and say goodbye. As the hex starts disappearing, Wanda has one last moment with her loved one. And this scene, man, was so damn sad. I can't, I can't even... Once again, Wanda loses vision all over again. Only this time, their goodbyes maybe aren't eternal. Maybe he will return once again. Meaning, Vision is the new Loki. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, White Vision is around. We'll see what happens with that. Wanda then leaves Westview, and a post credit scene reveals her new homely relocation deep into some Sokovian-looking mountainside, maybe, where she is using an astral projection of herself to learn about the Darkhold's magic, just like Doctor Strange did in his movie. And she hears Billy and Tommy's voices when she is doing her, when she is learning the tricks, the magic tricks, hinting at their future, her future attempt to bring them back into existence, probably in Doctor Strange into the multiverse, in the multiverse of madness, which is really exciting. Plus, the mid credit scene shows Monica meeting with an officer, while a Skrull disguised as an officer, telling her that Nick Fury wants to meet her, setting up her appearance in Captain Marvel 2, or Secret Invasion, or both. Either way, very exciting stuff, a callback, or to kind of a callback to Spider-Man Far From Home's uh, post credit scene, where we see Nick Fury in a in a, a spaceship with lots of scrolls um, hanging around and yeah what a fitting finale for this marvelous show as for some final thoughts well i really 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 enjoyed wandavision it was different it was exciting it was true to the comics while staying while keeping that MCU logic we've been adoring for 13 years. And it all, or mostly all of it, made perfect sense and expanded the universe once again. Granted that there were very misleading elements around it, like Evan Peters' Quicksilver, or the idea that mutants or the multiverse would begin here in a clear way, or that a certain demonic entity would end up being the big bad who made it all happen and maybe some of it might still lead somewhere someday but for now it was Wanda and Agatha all along <laughs> and I'm really fine with that Elizabeth Olsen did tease something big for the finale talking about a Luke Skywalker level cameo but there was no such thing um, I was really expecting Doctor Strange to show up in the post credit scene but he didn't and I was expecting the twins to survive the hex destruction, but they didn't, even though they will definitely make an appearance later on. 
And yeah, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany were just wonderful, with Olsen being the clear highlight of the whole show. The sitcom aspect was used very well in the majority of the episodes, and almost all characters had very appealing arcs that meant something. The pleasantly surprising one being that of Monica Rambeau, because I was not expecting that episode 4 backstory episode to show to show us what it did. <laughs> it was really jaw-dropping. Um, and yeah, Jimmy Woo returning, he was also lots of fun to have around. Darcy Lewis wasn't as annoying as I thought she would be. <laughs> I found her really irritating in the first two Thor films. Sorry, Kat Dennings. Catherine Han as Agatha Harkness was also very um, amazing and fleshed out. Although I still wanted to know more about her. So fingers crossed that she shows up in Doctor Strange 2. It was hinted that such a thing could happen, but we'll have to see. Jet Klein and Julian Hilliard, who played the twins, were very charming, cute, and just fun to watch. I don't know if they will return, if they will be brought back, as they are too young to be a part of the f of a future Young Avengers roster, so maybe another two uh, young adult or uh, teen actors will play the, the twins in the future. We'll have to wait and see for that. And the other character who might not return is Tyler Award, director of S.W.O.R.D. Well, he probably lost that title in the end. Um, he had a very interesting arc going on in the middle of the show, but he was kind of overlooked in the finale, which was a shame, as he was one of the few antagonists of the series. Uh, but yeah, to, to wrap up, WandaVision was amazing. Really unique, and in a sense, groundbreaking even. I love when Marvel takes these chances, and I hope they continue to do so. Wanda Maximoff was already one of my favorite MCU characters, and after this show, after she becomes the Scarlet Witch, she may well be my favorite MCU character right now. I cannot wait to see what happens in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness when she returns alongside Benedict Cumberbatch. And yeah, that movie will release in just over a year, on March 25th, 2022. Until then, we have a lot more of the MCU to watch and smile at, and hopefully not cry as much as we did in these last few episodes of the fabulous WandaVision. And that is it guys, I hope you enjoyed my review and walkthrough of WandaVision. How did you find this show? The very first MCU Phase 4 project? Let me know in the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on Spotify or another podcast streaming platform. You can find me on social media, the links are in the description of the podcast and we can have a chat over there and that is it for today tomorrow a bonus episode will be uploaded where i rank all nine episodes of one division it's going to be a really short one though and yeah i hope you liked this episode this has been just one more opinion i have been charlie and you have been awesome take care and goodbye